Welcome to Philanthropy Today. Our goal is to inspire giving by educating listeners on ways to give and how to connect with charitable causes. My name is Dave Lewis. I'm your host of Philanthropy Today. Thank you for joining the show. Looking back on 25 years of leadership at the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation, and we continue with our series of interviews with past presidents and past chairs. We recently had Jim Gordon and Vern here just a few months ago talking about the founding of the Community Foundation. And now he's here to talk about his experiences as a chair of the organization. Indeed. Uh, Jim has the honor of being the the first person, I think maybe the only person that served as chair twice. Uh, he caught the first year and then got another go around. And actually, it was uh, my first full year that I was here at the organization. And so, Jim, I appreciate your presence and uh, your mentorship and tutoring in that first year. And uh, we're, we're glad to have you here today. So I think it was your fault that I got drafted for a second time. <laughs> they, they said, who's been around that can remember what we're doing and how we're doing it? Let's make them chair. And I was still on the board, and so that's how I got to be chair the second time. So when was your second term? I uh, started in uh, April of 2013. Dennis Mullen had been the chair before. And Dennis and I and a couple of other people had been on the search committee that actually hired Vern in December. Mm -hmm. And then Vern started in January part-time and then February full-time. And then I took over as chair in April and had my hands full. Yeah, I would guess so. I would guess so. Well, let's, uh, you know, we one of the things that we've talked about in these discussions is how you first got started. And really, you were at the very beginning of the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation. We were. There were a handful of us that uh, just saw a need for a community foundation and decided if, if we weren't going to do it, who was? And so we uh, got together and got that started. Dirk Daveline, their first treasurer. I was the first president at that time. I don't know. I suppose chair of the board also. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Jim Morrison was vice president. Mm -hmm. Mark Knockendoffel uh, was uh, there at the founding, but because the trust company did our all of the investments for us and such, and the accounting at that time, hmm. uh, he could not be a board member. And uh, so they've just been advisors this whole time. That's almost like a Mount Rushmore of GMCF, isn't it? <laughs> Indeed. They, uh, uh, Jim and the crew, uh, they made a significant impact on the community 25 years ago without even uh -huh. knowing what they were doing at that time and uh, other than having a vision. And uh, we are grateful for it. It's been a good ride. So what did it mean to you to come back for a second run? Mm -hmm. You know, we started so small and really uh, just knew the need was there. And so even though I served a couple of years as, as president, uh, the board pretty much remained intact. It's just we finally started moving other people through the chairs. And so I was, had still been on the board that whole first period there, of almost 15 years I'd been on the board. And then in, in 2013, uh, we had a change of uh, executive directors, and we interviewed Vern, and, and they said, well, Jim, why don't you come back for one last year as, <laughs> as president? And so that's uh, what I did. Mm -hmm. well, as you look back, what are some of the things that uh, you, know, you, you felt like you uh, accomplished during your second year? Well, you know, we had really set the stage in the prior years. The, the board had worked pretty hard. The previous ex executive director, uh, Liz Workman, had worked hard getting the back of the house in order, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But what we really needed was somebody out front to push us to do things in the community and to get more involved and more visible. 
And I don't think we could have found any better than Vern to do that because he kept our feet to the fire the whole year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started out, uh, and I don't know if that was the first match day, but right after you came on yeah. board, we had the very first match day. Yep. Yeah. Matter of fact, the uh, uh, we ended the day. Uh, this was before Phil's match. We were sitting just a little over ninety-eight thousand dollars, and we we finished at seven o'clock that night. And I I looked at that, and I called Jim, and I said, Jim, I said we're only two thousand <laughs> short. I said, if you'll give a thousand, I'll give a thousand, and we'll make a hundred thousand dollars that first year. And we and, did, and Jim did, and I did, and uh, and we got it to six figures in the first year. So, <laughs> and it's gone up tremendously since then. It was oh, a great yeah. idea. Elaine Duvetter gets a lot of credit for running that whole operation. Indeed. A long-term employee. Um, uh, She was the only carryover employee that year. Uh, Both uh, the accounting staff and the executive director were were new employees. Marla Brandon had just come on board. And then, of course, Vern had come on board. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that was, you know, just two months after you really started full-time. So that was the first uh, big, big thing. We had another grant from the Kansas Health Foundation, yep. and we got through that in good shape. And part of it was the match day helped meet those requirements. So we got through that. One of the things I thought was important back then was really to continue to spread the word to our professional advisors. Mm-hmm. And so we uh, had one of our large conference and had speakers from Kansas City Community Foundation. Right that came in and gave a presentation to the community uh, professional advisors, attorneys, accountants, investment advisors, uh, really kind of spreading the word. Uh, one of the things that people always, you know, at the very beginning when we weren't as visible, when they were, what are you all about and what are you, what are you doing mm-hmm. with the money? And just getting that message across that we're here to help the donors do what they want to do. Uh, we're here to serve the donors was really important those professional advisors were able to then tell their clients about us from that standpoint. And then we started the first steps toward uh, being affiliated with the Yes Fund that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Yes Fund approached us. Ed Seaton and the McCormick Foundation had done a great job getting that set up and such. But as the McCormick Foundation started to step back, they were looking for other partners. And I think that was the first year we really right. had discussions with the Yes Fund that eventually led to us becoming their a fiscal agent as well. Yeah, that was a uh, significant step from all sides because the Yes Fund had positioned itself in the community as a tremendous after-school program funding element, uh, but they were losing their match from the McCormick Foundation. So the Pine Foundation and the Goldstein Foundation kind of came together and was filling those matches on a two-year basis, not intended for, to be forever, but on a two-year basis there for a little while. And then after a couple times of doing that, Obviously, the deal money came a few years later, and that was designated for youth programs. So then we filled the gap with the uh, the deal funds there. So it was a great transition in there and to basically provide a lot of support for a lot of after-school programs. Mm-hmm. So When the Community Foundation was first formed, I think some of the people involved in the Yes Fund thought, you know, is this going to impact our our fundraising and such, and, and really some other charities around town did mm-hmm. as well. And so it took us a little bit of time to say, you know, we're not about the annual contributions. We're really looking for the endowments, right. the long-term funding that, that's what we're trying to establish here with the Community Foundation. So it took a little while, but uh, getting them on board was actually a good step in that direction because right. 
when people figured out that, well, if the Yes Fund is going to partner with them, they must be okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that was a big message all the way around is we didn't want to compete with our nonprofits. We wanted to help them uh, achieve their goals. And so that was a big thing. So. Our uh, fairy godmothers had been very active, and that organization inspired Vern then to come to us with a proposal to form a men's group uh, to do the same type of things. And so that was also the first year of our guardian angels. Yep. And uh, Neil Horton and Neil Helmick were a couple right. of individuals that uh, we reached out to to help uh, instigate that and inspire others. And I think C. Clyde Jones was our first grants chair that looked over the applications for money and yep. had some good volunteers to help him with that. And then I think in November of 2013 was when I was the first president that was forced from his job. Oh, wait a minute. What? <laughs> well, I did, uh, as chairman of the HR committee, I recommended that Vern become president of the organization. Oh, so, so you changed titles. So I changed titles. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. All right. So I guess I am officially the first and last volunteer president of the Community Foundation. How so. about that? That was quite a run, wasn't it? <laughs> it was quite a run. But uh, so so uh, after that date, all the uh, community volunteers were then chair of the board. Before that, I think we just called the, I suppose it was probably a joint position before, but we just called it president mm -hmm. uh, for the volunteers. So, But that was uh, a good thing because the executive director really needs to have those administerial duties available to mm -hmm. them as well as presidents. So. And Varl at that time was also named vice president of finance. So yes. we, we did two promotions that fall. I don't think she kicked anybody out of a job, though. No, no. She, so. uh, Tom Fryer, was, I think, was the, uh, the volunteer uh, treasurer at that point in time, doing a great job for us. So. Yep. And then toward the end of the year, somebody came up with this great idea for a Community Foundation Awards show. Mm -hmm. In the minutes, I was rereading the minutes, and it said that Jim had found three volunteers. I don't think it was Jim that found those volunteers. <laughs> I think it may have been Vern that found the volunteers to uh, be the sponsors for the show. How did those minutes not get edited? <laughs> uh, you, you never know. Uh -huh. But uh, the four uh, sponsors that really stepped up to put that on were Sink Gordon, the Trust Company of Manhattan, Steel and Pipe Supply, and Kansas State Bank. And if you look back people from those organizations were also in on the founding of right. the community foundation. So it was kind of neat that uh, something that is uh, impactful as those community foundation awards traces its history back to the same group that was right. involved in the founding of the foundation. You know, and I've been a part of every CFA, and it amazes me how much we step out of that night mm -hmm. and think about all the different things that we have learned together mm -hmm. that night. Mm -hmm. But also, I think that it has been significant in generating greater awareness for what the Community Foundation does, and thusly, within mm -hmm. respect, all of the nonprofits. And it really, you know, those uh, videos that are shown and everything, it really brings some needed publicity and shines a spotlight on people that and charities both that are doing great things in the community. And those of us who think we're involved in the community, we see some of those and think, how did I not know that that was right. existing? You know, it's, we're in a cold step right now, and I know our warming center is open, and they were highlighted last year, the year before, mm -hmm. on the uh, Community Foundation Awards. And I had no idea that that had opened down there uh, up until mm -hmm. then. So just goes to show that there's always something going on in the community, and you have to be out there looking for the good things. You can't wait for the negative news to be on there all the time. Look for what's good in the world. Right. Yep, it's been a good ride to be able to promote those nonprofits, and that's actually built our relationship, too, mm -hmm. along those lines. Uh, 
with the GMCF Community Hour and just having that event and letting them come there for complimentary uh, uh, event tickets that night and be able to, mm-hmm. to be around the donors of the community. It's something that they don't get a chance to do all the time. Well, there's so many things we look back on, and there are a lot of ways, especially with your 25 years of experience <laughs> working with the Community Foundation, you've seen the foundation work within the community, and not just here, but other communities as well. As you look back on that, what are some of the things that you find that stand out about the efforts that we have here? I always felt like that it was a good cause, but I think as we've educated people, the amount of outpouring of volunteers and financial resources has even surprised me. Uh, As an accountant, you know where the money is, so to Mm -hmm. speak, but you never know what the people really are thinking they want to do with the money. And as you start talking to them and such and show them what that they can do through the Community Foundation, it's really rewarding to see them uh, set up funds and foundations uh, underneath our organization. And uh, it's just been a tremendous experience from that standpoint. I think also it's uh, kind of been a bit trailblazing for other community foundations to take a look Mm -hmm. and say, hey, Mm -hmm. look at what they're doing in Manhattan. How can we improve what we do? Mm -hmm. You know, right after we formed the Community Foundation, the Kansas Health Foundation came up with the grants to help form community foundations all over the state. And many of these smaller community foundations had no idea what they were doing or how they were doing it. And so slowly they've affiliated with other community foundations. And that's been one of the things that's really been a pleasure to see. Uh, we started that at the very beginning of our community foundation with Dover, but it's been a, really a pleasure to see us grow and assist these other areas because it's not something that just we can do, but helping these other communities do that as well uh, by bringing them under our, as affiliates is, has been uh, really tremendous. We have uh, still a lot of challenges in our community. We still have room to grow as a community foundation. You've been here involved with the GMCF for 25 years. Mm-hmm. One of the few people that have been involved <laughs> since the very beginning. Let's take a look down the road. What do you uh, hope for, for for the efforts for the foundation? You know, I don't think we have reached our potential yet. I think there's a lot of things that we can do. There's a lot of people that are still have the community foundation in their financial plans for the future that haven't pulled the trigger, so to speak, yet. So I think there are a lot of good things there that will happen. But the one thing that, that I always like to see at events like the CFA Awards and such is the number of people who are involved with their time. One of the things I've said in some of my presentations before is you can't wait to make a difference. Just because you don't have money doesn't mean you can't make a difference. Right. Let's get out there and volunteer right now. Make a difference today. Maybe you can give money later, but you can make a difference today. Well, it's one of my perspectives that when you talk about time, talent, and treasures, as we often do Mm -hmm. here at the foundation, that Jim Gordon hits every one of those (laughs) as well as anybody in our community. And we are so grateful for the continued hope that you have and the continued efforts that you provide. Glad to be of help. I did want to mention our board that year. Dennis Bellin was our past president, preceded me, and then Neil Horton was the vice president. And Jody Kaus was the secretary, and they would follow as chairs of the board in future years. Uh, Bill Richter has always been very involved. Jerry Banica was involved with getting Frankfurt on board as one of our affiliates. Joe Lyle uh, was chair of the Grants Committee and served in that capacity for many years and still is active in some of our committees. Uh, Karen Roberts 
was our YIC chairman, Cheryl Grice, uh, was the Fairy Godmothers chair or liaison, I guess, with the Fairy mm-hmm. Godmothers. And that group really was one of those groups that uh, showed what a dedicated group of individuals can do. So, And then Matt Crocker was co-chair of the Grants Committee with Joe. And then Neil Helmick and Tom Fryer rounded out the board. And every single one of them are still actively involved in the Greater it, Manhattan mm-hmm. Community Foundation. It is great. Well, and that's what Jim has been able to do uh, with his work on a professional side and his passion on a personal side. Uh, the Community Foundation has prospered just by his involvement. Uh, he's able to give accountability and trust and confidence in individuals to get involved with us. And so you're humble in many ways in this whole <laughs> process, but uh, you've had a tremendous impact. And I hope you hope you understand that. I, I know you understand endowments and legacies <laughs> from that point of view. There will be many individuals touched in this community for years upon years upon years because of some conversations that you had just around a table with some individuals. And so we're very grateful and thank you. Well, I appreciate those kind words, but it's been really rewarding for me to be involved with the Community Foundation. When I look at my professional life, by far the most rewarding charitable experience I've had is with the Community Foundation. Thank you for joining us for Philanthropy Today, an inside look at the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation. You can always learn more about the GMCF at our website, mcfks.org. We also invite you to subscribe to Philanthropy Today on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Dave Lewis. I'm proud to host Philanthropy Today. It's hosted and produced in the Ad Astra Cast Studios in downtown Manhattan, Kansas. 